Well, hey, welcome back, everybody, from uh, the, the week, and here we are on the weekend. How many are glad to be here with the Lord and with each other? Aren't you? Me too. Really glad to have you. We'll make sure, if you wouldn't mind, to just welcome the folks into the room that are online with us. Make sure that they feel welcome. Really glad you guys are here, too. And uh, Nate will be back next week, but uh, how many had a, a real nice, what they call fall break? I never knew there was such a thing as a kid growing up. How many remember back to uh, Teachers Institute back to last weekend, uh, you know, 40 years ago, where really uh, when I was at Scottsburg as a youth minister, we just called it the Gatlinburg weekend, you know. Everybody took off. Well, hopefully you're back and, and you had a good time and uh, some things like that. Uh, I was getting some tires uh, on, on my van the other day and uh, fell in front of me, had to get some tires too, uh, just so maybe three weeks ago or so. And uh, he's there, there at Big O, and uh, they just said, yeah, how many we need for you? Yeah, go all the way around. And he said, well, where are you taking off? Well, I got a big trip. He said, where are you going? And he said, Destin. He said, the Redneck Riviera, you know. <laughs> I had never heard that before. But I don't know if you've been on a break or whether you've been here the whole time. Uh, hopefully, it's been just a nice welcoming of fall and beautiful outside, and, and thank the Lord for all those kind of things. Now you're wondering what in the world am I doing in a series on chill? Because I don't always necessarily look like the most chill factor of, of, of people. Uh, Nate began the series on chill two weeks ago with rest. And then last weekend, if you're with us, developing this rhythm uh, on, on reflection. Next week, we'll be back on relationship and then release. My week is recreation. I said, Nathan, what's wrong with this picture? You know, I don't look like the rec guy immediately, you know, to think, well, he said, yeah, but it's all about having fun and how God wants us to have fun and this and that. Okay, well, we're going to dive in on some fun and maybe you caught a Frisbee or a t-shirt or a football. Hopefully you didn't catch one uh, without knowing it was coming at you. They, they left a few for me to throw if I wanted to. I, I got a couple over there at the end, uh, just if I get you out on time, we'll see if that works. But years ago in the center, I remember, I, 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 we were doing something on uh, being good evangelists and sowing seed into people's lives, and uh, you're either planting seeds or pulling weeds in somebody else's heart. And, and I had a few sunflower seeds and just bags of them, I just threw them out. And it unfortunately marked me. I decided not to do that again because we had a fellow, oh, about four or five rows back, just about right there. And I'm ready. I'm, I'm looking at him. He's going like this. Can't throw it right to me. Okay, okay. And all of a sudden, his wife taps him on the shoulder and he says, what? Hits the lady in the head right behind him that way. <laughs> so I said, I may not go with the frisbees in the football today. I, it, it marked me a little bit. But anyway, we're glad to dive in on this series. It's really a neat series about the rhythm of how we want to work hard for the Lord and then be able to, to rest and enjoy the rest he gives us, reflect, and, and even think about recreation. Now, recreation is different. Fun is different. It's different for everybody at different seasons of your life. As a kid growing up, if you put me a, around a, a little bit of water and there's some rocks there, I'm going to find a flat one and I'm going to skip that. Any skippers out there love to skip rocks? Oh, man, I can do that all day long, especially when you realize it's got to be flat. You got to go sidearm and you, you, I, my, my torso doesn't have the torque that it used to, that's for sure. But boy, was that fun just skipping rocks all day long when you can. When it wasn't around water, I threw clods at pigs on a hog farm. That's what you do. Uh, but just to see that rock just skip, 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 it really felt like you're doing something. Later on, growing up, I, I loved going to, to basketball games as a kid before you play. And, 
And in a small town in Illinois, they had a holiday tournament right after Christmas, four days in a row, 16 teams, small schools all around the area. And, and mom and dad would drop me off at 8.30 in the morning. I wouldn't get home till 11 at night. And they could do that for about uh, two bucks, you know, and, and feed me a little bit and watch every game, every game. And even if the games weren't that exciting, you know, they, hey, there's not only 16 teams. There's 16 cheerleading squads, okay? And that, that became even more interesting on that. So everybody has fun in a different season of your life or depending on what's going on. Uh, then next thing you know, you're active in whatever you love to be active in. I love sports, basketball, as, a, as much as I could, as long as I could. A little bit of slow pitch softball, that's always a lot of fun. Then you get married and your fun adjusts, Okay. And there's a, a little more hallmark than you ever thought you'd watch, but it's fun. It's fun. It really is. And there's a little more shopping than you ever thought you'd do, but it's really fun because you're together. There's, there's all sorts of integrated fun that you, you have in marriage. It's, it's wonderful. Sula and I are pretty much a nice cheap date. You know, we, we, we don't have to have a whole lot of stuff going on for us to be able to kick back and enjoy things. Then your kids come on. And you kind of focus around fun is all about them. I remember uh, Rachel played softball, our daughter, for a little while, a couple of years. I thought she was having a good time. And I said, Rachel, we got a week. This is the last week to sign up. You want to play softball again? We were down in the south end of Louisville, Valley Sports on Greenwood off Dixie Highway. That's where kids' sports are intense. Trust me on that. And she said, Dad, I don't think I want to play this year. I said, how come? She said, well... I hope I don't disappoint you. I said, no, you'll never disappoint me. She said, it's so hot out there in that costume. <laughs> okay, hon, if that's a costume to you, you know, you're right. She said, I want to play the flute. I said, strike up the band. Here we go. Yeah. You dive on to what the next thing is. Nate, he, he loved baseball. It was a sad day when I threw the last Gatorade over the fence in the fifth inning to him in high school, knowing, okay, baseball's kind of done for now. It, it, it's a lot of fun. And then the, the older you get, if you have grandkids, they make you plumb silly. Uh, we, we took, uh, when I was over in Romania with our, our daughter's kids, took Bella and Isaiah, Isaiah's first movie. Now, Bella's first movie was Chicken Little. Lily, Nathan Ruthie's daughter, uh, her first movie was Inside Out, both animated fi films. You know what we took Isaiah to? He's six years old. We got a whole thing of popcorn, 3D, and we took him to see Jurassic Park, the last one. <laughs> he didn't say a word on the way home. He just, uh, he sat there like that. I said, good, I'll finish your popcorn. No problem. It's all right. Uh, uh, and uh, a, a week or two ago, we took uh, uh, Nathan Ruthie's kids, Lily and Carter and Zeke, up to, you've been to Columbus, uh, the kids' commons up there. If you haven't, you ought to go. Every brother loves the idea of flushing his sister down the toilet, you know? It's just a neat kind of a thing. But in all honesty, as we kind of move to what next is fun, just sitting with them and watching TV or, or uh, reading a book, or in my case, adding a game on your phone that they like, all together on your lap is, is fun. And then you just hope for those picturesque moments. We had one with those with uh, uh, Rachel's uh, two kids uh, out. I mean, you, you look at the, the uh, goodness, the sun is setting, and it's about the last week for those sunflowers over there. And you just say, hun, pull it over. We got to take a picture of this. And you, you look for those moments. You see, all throughout our life, we'll find things that are fun, and a lot of times it depends on who we're having fun with and, and what we enjoy doing. But when you take a moment and look and see in the Bible, when did the fun begin? 
And where were some of the struggles with recreation and having fun? Uh, you, you look all the way back in the beginning and you see creation and God makes the, uh, the heavens and the earth and you got the sun, moon, the stars and the seasons. And, and then he says to the, to the earth, let the earth bring forth living creatures. Let the, let the waters team up with, with sea world. You know? let, let that all come about. Let us make man in our image, the plurality of God. And he made him male and female, the distinction. And God begins his creation, everything's fine and there's fellowship and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own, that old hymn. And you could just imagine Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden in this close relationship. And then they got problems. When we lived out west, uh, Rachel loved country music. She's pretty eclectic, she likes all types. But uh, Garth came to town, I had to get her some tickets, her and her friend, had to stand in line an hour and a half to get Garth Brooks tickets. This is before cell phones, so I'm just kind of standing there waiting, waiting, waiting. And my mind goes, it drifts a little bit. How many are drifters, you know? How many, I had to pull you back because you were already drifting, okay? I get that. I get that. I'm right there with you. And anyway, my mind's drifting. I'm thinking, Garth, well, I'm sure he'll sing this one, you know, blame it all on my roots, you know, got manure on my boots or whatever that song is about. Uh, that whole friends in low places. Then I have a little theological problem with his, uh, I thank God for unanswered prayers. I know what he's saying, but God answers every prayer. He answers every prayer. He says, yes. Sometimes he says no, sometimes he says wait, and sometimes he says, you got to be kidding. <laughs> he answers every prayer. So I'm just, I'm daydreaming as I'm in line. And then I remember a song that he had that was out. Uh, you might remember it, uh, Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up. Yeah. Do I live in my life in a pickup truck or whatever he had on it? And I just kind of drift for a while, and I think about Okay, I wonder if you could use a song like that in church. Probably not, but what would it be if you baptized that song? And uh, okay, uh, ain't letting down till the sun comes back. Uh, tired of playing defense, I'm on the attack. Jesus is returning. I believe it's a fact. That's the way the song goes, you know. And I ain't letting down till the sun comes back. Got it. You know, then I still got another 45 minutes. Okay, how about the first verse? Okay. Uh, a long time ago in the Garden of Eden, God made a man. He slapped his butt and started breathing. Okay. <laughs> country, you got to go country, all right? Adam said, Lord, I need some sugar and spice. And the Lord made Eve. Adam said, that's nice, you know? God did everything he needed to do, and then he sent them both out for a day in the zoo. Da -da -da, you know, you, uh, I, I wander, I wander. Wandering is fun, okay? Some of us can make a living at it, okay? There's something about being able to find in relationships what might honor God, take that thought captive, take that activity captive, and say, how can we do this together? How can we have fun together? Everything was fun until the boundary came in, and when a line gets crossed, then fellowship gets lost. Would you say that with me? It won't be a slide, all right? When a line gets crossed, your fellowship gets lost. We lose that when we disobey. In Hebrews eleven twenty five, it talks about Moses and it says that Moses was willing to deal with the oppression of God's people. He preferred it over the pleasures of sin for a season. Sin is fun for a moment. Stolen watermelon, sweet. But it'll come back at you. 
And there comes a time when it is fun no longer. And it says he endured the oppression of God's people rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for just a season. And that you can look and you can see people in the, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that they're having fun. It's a little recreation or in, but it's mostly just serving God. And they dive in and dive in. What's next? What's next? Long before Judge Judy was Judge Deborah in the book of Judges. And she gets her military general together. They go out and they do battle. They win. And she writes a song. And her song of fun is all about saying when God's people lead, when the leaders that are appointed lead, it's a wonderful thing. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And isn't it a difficult thing when leaders don't lead? You, you look on further, here's Nehemiah, and he's got a sword in one hand and, and a hammer in the other. They're rebuilding the walls, and they're having fun, but they're dealing with persecution, but they're doing what God's called them to do. And he has the people just give him all sorts of heck just to stop it, cut it out. You're not going to, we're going to knock this on over. And he just tells them to buzz off because I'm doing the thing God has told me to do. I'm, have, I'm having fun. And sometimes the, the most fun thing is simply doing what God has called us to do next. And today to open up the scripture, and we can look all through scriptures and see uh, how Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit after he had done uh, the temptations and dealt with the devil, and he's done with him. And now it says he's filled with the, the Spirit of God and joy in the Spirit. Later on in, in Luke chapter 10, that was back in Luke 4, in Luke chapter 10 it says he was filled with the joy in the Holy Spirit when the 72 that he had sent out come back and they give a favorable report of they've been doing what God had called them to do. Well, if doing what God has called us to do is so fun, how come we have trouble having fun? How come there are recreational therapists? That's a job <laughs> to figure out how do we do what God has called us to do unless we all of a sudden find out what thrills his heart and what allows us to take hold of what he wants us to do next? So it's a good question. In this chill process of working hard, then resting and reflecting, and now maybe finding some fun and recreation, how do you make that work? Let me suggest three things. Now, the first two will go quick. Point number three has four subpoints, so buckle up. Here we go. Okay. Just giving you fair warning on that. Number one, if we're going to have fun yet, if we're going to figure out the joy of the Lord and some form of recreational, whether it's indoor, outdoor, really active or not too active, but just a sense of spiritual fun. It's going to be because we accept the invitation. Would you say that with me? Accept the invitation. In Matthew chapter 11, this is a foundational passage. It's a passage uh, Nate read two weeks ago. We read it last week. He'll probably read it again next week because that's what this is all about. Verse 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke, my teaching, upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give is light. Please understand, when Jesus spoke that to people, they were exhausted with religion. They were worn out with what the Pharisees told them. They had to do, had to do, had to do. While you're up, keep doing that. And you better never do that. And you didn't do the, that right. Go back and do it again. Jesus says, that, that's not my teaching. My teaching is truth. 
My teaching is grace. And the fruit of my spirit is patience, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things. And he began to help people understand. But until we accept that invitation, until we're able to say, you know what, uh, if he wants me to have a little bit of rest, maybe I ought to just kind of pull a chair up for a moment and say, okay, let me learn sitting down for a little while. Let, let me just catch my breath and see what he wants me to do next. And that's what Jesus does. The people were worn out. If you're a little worn out right now at life, at all the things going on in our country, all the things going on perhaps in your family, all the physical challenges that might be going, whatever it might be, relational, emotional, anything, Jesus asks you to please accept this invitation to come and let's learn from him together. Now, what he tells us, he has a lot of unless messages Unless you become like a child and have the faith of a child, unless you reduce this down, unless you can trust me, unless you repent of your sin, unless you turn around. In Luke chapter 3, Jesus, pardon me, 13, Jesus confronts some people because they're saying, yeah, they're pretty bad. And look what happened to them over there. And he turns the table and he says, unless you too repent, you're going to perish. Don't think we're all fine because we kind of have some, uh, a little bit of spiritual nod to God. We cannot, I'm not worried about eternal security. God's going to be faithful. I'm worried about false security that many people have that say, okay, I checked that box and I'll see you in heaven. And I know that's not you. And I'm trusting that's not people who are listening. But I know it's probably a lot of folks around us that they miss, there's not more hoops to jump through. But there is this invitation that we have to accept to learn from him, to be guided by him, to let go of some of the notions that we might have had before and now say, Jesus, teach me. Unless you repent. Probably the best message I heard on that was an African-American preacher from East St. Louis when I was... 10 years old at a men's meeting my dad took me to, one of the small little churches back in Illinois, before the chili supper, you know. And that fella lit the place up, and that was his passage. I can remember back, 10 years old, that sermon, because where Jesus says, you, you better repent or you too will perish, his whole hook was, you better make good or make room. I went home that night after Chile looking like a grandson Isaiah after the Jurassic Park movie, okay? That one, it made me realize Jesus' message is simple and it does take our burden away, but it instills an urgency in us that we have to respond to his, his invitation. You see, the, life, the, the, the soundtrack to our life can't be, don't worry, be happy. It has to be, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Now, if we can begin by accepting that invitation, and then if we can respect the sequence, if you and I can learn in this chill 
season in this series to be able to say that there's a sequence to all this. There's a rhythm to this. We are a church of next steps. We want to make sure that we connect unconnected people to Jesus Christ. And then how do we grow? How do we become obedient? How do we become accountable? How do we share that message with other people? How do we enter into this becoming a disciple who makes other disciples? How do we help people understand and get it and stay true to him? And you look all throughout the scriptures and you see God is very clearly telling us that we connect with his son. And then we're born into this family. And then we find what we're supposed to do. And then it becomes fun. Then the recreation, what we do in honoring God is something that blesses other people, honors God, and we find ourselves in a very fulfilled relationship with him. But it is about our next step of connecting with Christ, connecting with community, and then connecting with our calling, trusting him, loving one another, and serving the way he has called us uniquely to serve. And that calls for a sequence. Even the cognitive behavior that's built up in a little preschool kid, he's going to find out, she's going to find out that it's what I do first, what I do next, what I do last. And the Bible seems to indicate that this rest and reflection and recreation is a good thing. Resting, to take care of the, the stress in our life. To, to reduce the cortisol, the, the, the stress hormone, before you got to have a shot of cortisone. To be able to say, God, help me understand how to rest in you. And then during that time, let me be active. Let me be reflective so I can get this holy perspective from your word, from your spirit, from your people together. And then some kind of holy distraction in recreation. It's all about engaging and then disengaging and then reengaging. Engaging in the work, what we're supposed to do. Disengaging from that so we can have all these words that begin with R that draw us closer to God and then we can get back at it with a new perspective, with a new view. Seems like a lot of times we're better at balance than we are at sequence. I mean, right now, if we'd say, oh, what do you need to do to be pretty healthy? We'd say, well, you better balance your carbs, you know, simple carbs, complex carbs, you know, keep that in balance. Some vegetables, you know, got to get some uh, vitamins and minerals, a little fiber, all that kind of thing. A little bit of protein, make sure you do that. Uh, yeah, some hydration, some hibernation, some caffeination, you, you got to have all those things going on. Uh, even physical exercise, I've heard this works, you know. <laughs> But to, to make sure you got a little cardio for stamina, a little weight resistance for strength, a little flexibility by stretching, you know, all, all those things. We do good at balance, at least knowing what the balance is. But sometimes we struggle with sequence. What happens, we work so long, we can't quit resting because we're toast, we're worn out. Or we decide, I'm going to reflect, and then we can't reflect because we don't want to go back to work, you know? We want to reflect, as a, or we recreate, and, and it's all not a matter of balance. It's a matter of sequence. Even Jesus understood sequence really well. He said, I, I've come to reach the lost sheep of Israel. Had a couple of Gentile ladies, one that he came in contact with, had this incredible encounter with. It was on purpose, woman at the well. And they have this theological discussion that is absolutely beautiful. But there's another lady called the Syrophoenician woman 
She's not full, fully Jewish, and she's on the outside, and she's begging for a miracle for her family, and he says, uh, uh, kind of turns into W.C. Fields, get away from me, kid, you bother me, you know? He just says, hey, wait a second, I can't come to you right now, I'm taken care of, like I said, the lost house of Israel, and, and she says, yeah, but we matter too. He says, I can't give to uh, the, 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 the bread to the dogs until everybody is eaten from the table. And he understood that, and she understood he's not downing her. He's using the phrase that that's what everybody would call people who weren't Jewish. And he's testing her, and she passes the test. If you know her response, she just says, yes, Lord, I understand that, but I don't need one big meal. I'm, I'm just asking for a couple of crumbs off of your table whatever hits the floor that somebody else doesn't get. She understood the way that God intended for back in the Old Testament time, poor people to be allowed to be taken care of. Don't glean the whole field, leave the edges, make sure the poor will be taken care of a little bit. And he says, oh my goodness, you get it, you get it. And he grants this miracle to her. But it was based on sequence. And in our life, there... There is a sequence. It may be a little random at times, but God intends for us when we accept the invitation of Jesus and take on his teaching to respect what he has for us next and next and next. Now, the final point that has a few subs is simply this. It's not enough just to accept the invitation and respect the sequence of how God wants to replenish us and, and renew us and refuel us. He wants us to be able to embrace these realities. Let me hit those quickly. Embracing the realities that God has for us. Number one is, and hopefully this will answer a question for you, is God gives all that we need for our enjoyment. He has given you everything all for your enjoyment. If you would look at this verse of scripture on the screen in a moment from 1 Timothy chapter 6 in verse 17. If you glance at that, you'll see he's telling Timothy, you got to warn the rich people, don't put your trust in riches. It's very unreliable. It's going to let you down. You know, don't find your whole identity and security in all of that. But he says, but what you need to do is make sure that you realize that God has given us this for our enjoyment. Our trust should be in him because everything that we need to enjoy our life, he has given to us. Do you trust him? Do you trust him with a grateful heart? Do you trust him with these protective boundaries that he has? Because you and I need to embrace the fact that we have everything that we need to have joy in the Lord. Even if it seems like we've lost what we once had, he is enough in our heart. Now, the second thing to embrace, the second reality is he's willing to put his desire in your heart. He puts the, the holy desires, the things that sometimes, the cravings we think we have, they can really be overcome when we delight in him. I, I love the movie. It's an old movie, Chariots of Fire. I love one phrase in the whole movie. And when it's English speaking and it's not real loud, I'm not sure what they're actually saying, you know. I miss a lot of that English accent. But in, in the movie, here's Eric Liedel. He's a missionary. His family's missionaries to China. But he's an, an Olympian. He's an athlete. He's a runner. And his country talks him into to running in the Olympics. And his sister's trying to talk him into getting back to China. She says, Eric, we miss you. You're such a part of the ministry. You're such a part of the mission. 
You were made for this mission. She, she goes out on a limb, guilts him a little bit. You were born for this. You're made for this. God made you for China. And he says, yes, but God also made me fast. And he has a very quotable phrase. He says, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. I'll be there. I'll get there. But I think I'm supposed to do this for right now. It was a desire that was put in his heart. Now, in Psalm 37, this isn't God saying, I'm a genie in a bottle, make three good wishes. Oh, no. But verse 4 literally says that we are to allow him to put his desire in our heart. And it actually happens when we take delight in him. So here's that question. What do you delight in? What excites you? What are you thankful for? What is fun for you and to you right now? I've always struggled with the phrase, go out there and chase your dreams. I mean, I got some dreams and some thoughts and some hopes and some imaginations and this and that, but I don't know for some reason that Matthew 6.33 is burnt into me a little stronger than chasing your dreams as opposed to seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he'll add all these things to us. So I, I simply want to ask you this morning, what are you delighting in that God has put in your heart? Because the more you delight in him, the more you'll be able to, to find that your desires are his desires. And you'll find far more enjoyment, fun, and even recreation when we look for those things that would please him. Now, number three, is remember and embrace this reality that the bad rubs off on the good. You got to be careful who you hang with. And you better get rooted or get excluded. I should have said booted, but that sounds too harsh, doesn't it? You know, We have to honestly understand that this invitation to following Jesus, we can easily be distracted. We can easily be pulled away. We can easily get off track. And we have got to get rooted in him. 1 Corinthians 15. Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, the second one's much nicer. The first letter, he just has to spank them real good and just say, hey, 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 stop that. What are you doing that for? He has to interrupt a lot of their behavior. He has to be very confrontational in 1 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, okay, you've changed. You've repented. You're doing better. But in 1 Corinthians, here he is in verse, chapter 15, towards the end of that first letter. And they've got people who are saying, ah, there really isn't any resurrection. Okay, we'll take Jesus. We'll take some of this other stuff. Hey, forgiveness, that's a good deal. But we don't want this and we don't want that. Come to think of it, I don't know if I believe that or not. Welcome to our world. Where the word of God gets tossed out. Where people say, that's, I'm uncomfortable with that. Eh, let's not talk about that. But you see, if you understand in that 1 Corinthians 15, in that verse 33... Where he says, don't, don't get, we can't get fooled anymore. Long before the who recorded the song, won't get fooled again. Paul says, you can't get fooled again. He says, you, you can't return to this nonsense. He says, you've got to understand that bad communication is going to rub off on good character. So you and I have to be, we have to be rooted. Now, I, I love... Uh, I love the Psalms. In the Psalms, uh, 
Psalm 150. Every musician loves Psalm 150. Psalm 150 is let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The cymbals, guitars, drums, voice, everything. Uh, If you have gone through a difficult time in your life where you're ashamed of what you did, like all of us have, Psalm 51 would be a good psalm to soak, soak on and focus on, where David repents and he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and create this clean heart of me. It's a beautiful, repentant psalm. Psalm 23, off the charts, the Lord is my shepherd. Even in gangster's paradise in the 90s, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, it's there. Everybody gets that. Everybody knows that. It's very familiar, but I love Psalm 1 for some reason. I think because in children's ministry in my life 30, 35 years ago, I tried to get kids to learn a little bit more, and you got to put some motions with it. I love Psalm 1. In Psalm 1, it simply said, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. And I had to teach kids, okay, let's see if we can put some motions together. Blessed is the man. You're not going to have to do that, but blessed is the man who doesn't walk in a counsel of the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Welcome to every late-night TV show host, seat of mockers, Okay. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. And its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, prospers. Prospers used to be these hands way up high. This one can go, that's all I got with this one, okay? Anybody know that feeling of... Yeah, you're the one. Here here we go. So during worship, I'm like this. (laughs) I thank God and I receive his blessings left-handed, okay? That's just kind of the way it is. Delight in the Lord. What you delight in will be fun. And you'll choose it either to be temporary or long-term. You'll either hold on to the invitation of Jesus and you'll hold on to the hope that we have in him and you will allow it to be a sacred Sabbath of rest, a a righteous reflection and a holy enjoyment of recreation or you'll wind up chasing something else that looks like fun and appears to have some other benefits that might be uh, worth recreation over but you'll never be recreated from the inside out. And that brings us to the last one. And the last one is simply this. The last reality is physically we're going to wear out. We are going to wear down. Our bodies have an expiration date on it. Just not sure where it's printed. God doesn't want us to know. But spiritually on the inside, we can be renewed day by day by day. And that's what he wants us to do. 2 Corinthians 4. Paul says, you need to understand this. As apostles, we got all sorts of persecution. We're pressed. We're beat down, but we're not overcome. We're down, but we're not out. We are dying physically. But spiritually, we're being renewed day by day.
our, our family is a divided family. I, I grew up on Saturday nights as a kid being forced to watch Lawrence Welk, okay? My wife, Sue Lynn, was forced on Saturday nights to watch Ernest Tubb and Porter Wagner, okay? So I grew up a little more big band with a thing for uh, uh, R&B, I uh, love that. And Sue Lynn grew up country. So I listened to a little more country, okay? How many know you, you kind of listen to, to your spouse's music a little bit more? You've been outvoted one-to-one many times, and yeah, you, you just do that. She's telling me about this country song. I had to pull up the lyrics because it honestly says what we hope happens within us. And it's that we realize that the invitation to Jesus is going to be fun. And it's going to change us. If we let him change us, it's a song by uh, Walker Hayes and Zach Williams. I just want to read part of the lyrics to you called Jesus' Fault. Maybe you've heard that the last week or two. Says that Bible by the bed ain't a coaster no more. It's still got some rings from the bottles before. That red letter mercy put an end to my thirsty. Yeah, that Bible by the bed ain't a coaster no more. Well, I told my old man that I loved him today, and he said it back before he drove away. Been stubborn like my father, we were oil and water, but I told my old man that I loved him today and end the course. I guess that's what happens when he chases you down. Everything's different. There's a new me in town. I don't wake up angry at the mirror on the wall. So if you miss the old me, that's Jesus's fault. It's his fault. Because it's his work. Because it's his yoke. It's his teaching. It was his sacrifice that we celebrated a few moments ago with the bread and the juice. It is his house. It is his body. And he gives us this life that we might live for him. Rested, reflective, a little recreated because we find our delight in him. Amen. May he change every one of our lives and may we blame him every day. It's his fault. God bless you. Love you guys. Have a great weekend.